2: 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show, I'm Rob, Casey's here, and you know Casey, we continue to try to get answers Mm -hmm. as to what's going on in Brownsburg involving the alleged abuse of that special needs child, and I got to tell you, Casey, as a resident of Brownsburg, and just as a, a decent person, it sucks how hard it is to get information from the school corporation And now the Brownsburg Police Department.
4: Yeah, well, and what sucks even worse is that this actually happened, allegedly.
2: Yeah, and of course, if you're just new to to what we're talking about, uh, multiple teachers fired out in Brownsburg in regards to a special needs student allegedly being forced to eat his own vomit. And we have two very special guests on the line with us now, Catherine Michael and Tammy Meyer, and they are the attorneys representing uh, the family of this of this poor student and so tammy and katherine first of all thanks for joining us Catherine. i guess i'll start with you why are you guys taking this why are you helping this family how did you get involved
3: So, um, both Tammy and I have worked in education abuse cases um, for almost, you know, more than 20 years, Um, Tammy a little bit um, longer than I have, but my focus in law is education. Um, And I represent a number of of special needs families all over our state, Um, and I reside, you know, in in Carmel, but not only our state, but in uh, Michigan, Ohio, and Texas. And uh, special education abuse is actually becoming far more common, right? We're all talking about this case now um, but Tammy and I have handled many cases where unfortunately it's not caught on camera the media is not hearing about it um, but there are things happening in our schools in Indiana that should really be causing us a lot of embarrassment.
4: So Catherine you're saying that you're really not surprised by this?
3: Unfortunately I'm not. Um, because what we have been seeing is a trend of lack of enforcement of the special education laws in the state of Indiana. Um, the, it, it has become harder and harder for families to advocate um, for this. The state has made it expensive burdensome. Um, I'll I'll send you both an article because you may want to talk about this uh, later in the show where parents were trying to advocate to make the system a little bit easier, and they were actually laughed out of the legislature, um, I think that may be an interesting um, article you want to talk about. I wasn't there. This is reported by independent reporters. Um, the the superintendent's um, organizations spend a lot of money lobbying to protect the schools um, from families versus lobbying to protect the students um, and the taxpayers of our state, which I think should be a concern for everybody listening um, because I think if, if you started to open up uh what tammy and i see um over the last two decades i I think most people would be horrified and, and we should not be living in a state where someone is at a disadvantage because their child happens to go to an Indiana public school.
2: Uh, Tammy Meyer, Catherine Michael, our guests, they are representing the special needs student out in Brownsburg who was allegedly forced to eat his own vomit. Now, uh, Tammy, I can't tell you the amount of people who are cheering for you guys because they said, look, my kid has gone to Brownsburg. There has been various forms of abuse that has happened over the years. Uh, we've tried to report it. We've got nowhere with the administration. There's a lot of people out there who claim that, that that this is not the first instance of various forms of abuse with special needs kids. And and it's amazing that it took this long for it to to kind of come to light.
5: Right. Um, as Catherine said, I mean, it is shocking when you hear these cases. And unfortunately, we're seeing them more and more in all different forms. I mean, whether it's uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse, the bullying. Uh, I mean, they run the gamut. And uh, I don't know, as, as a grandmother and a mother, I'm shocked and appalled. But I also feel very privileged to be able to represent these families because they really do need someone to speak up for them.
4: Tammy Meyer and Katherine Michael are on the line with us representing the special needs child out of Brownsburg, Brown, Alabama. Brown Elementary School, and uh, as Catherine mentioned, not all cases have been caught on camera like this one has. Does this help you, in your case, defending, helping this child? It does.
3: Um, Because, as you can imagine, when we represent... Um, children who have autism, who have communication issues. We often have many, many calls and this goes to Rob's point. Uh, people have talked about this for a while and and I can tell you uh, for sure this isn't, isn't Tammy and I's first rodeo, but what happens in most cases is a parent notices that a child starts to be scared of going to school. We've had cases where a child becomes so afraid to walk in a school building that they're urinating themselves, defecating on themselves. Parents know that something is wrong, but there are no cameras in our classrooms, right? There are no, and, and some schools we don't have cameras in the hall, and some schools we don't have cameras in the cafeteria. So parents start to realize something is wrong, whether or not they're, they're seeing the abuse in the uh, behaviors of their child, they know something is wrong, or a child is coming home with injuries. We get many, many phone calls like that, um, but it's very hard to do anything. Um, What we typically will try is to use the Indiana special education laws and the federal special education laws. So the federal is called the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, and the state is called Article 7 of the Indiana Code to basically argue that the program being provided for the child isn't appropriate, right? The parents are seeing behaviors, the child is fearful. The problem with that system is that the state controls it right and the state obviously wants to protect itself So it has become more and more burdensome uh, for families, and these are damage-free cases. So when a parent brings something just trying to get some changes in their child's classroom, there's not monetary damages associated, Um, or if a parent tries to get a child eligible for special education. Um, But what schools can do is just make this so burdensome, so expensive, and create hearings that are so long, it becomes impossible for a parent to make it through this system and that's really the direction that we've been headed and and that should that should spark fear not only in you know your your listeners but for everyone because you should be able to challenge an entity in a way that is affordable for the taxpayer, that is that is easy. Um, it shouldn't be so burdensome, no one can do anything. Whether you think your child is being abused and you're unable to get it prosecuted or to get a new program, or whether finally we have a situation where it's actually caught on video, right? And those are the ones we can get prosecuted and those are the ones we can really you know, use to show the public. We're hearing things every day that are terrifying. Here's just one example, and, and Tammy and I have a variety of cases that have videos. We just don't have situations where the media reports them all, right? They're not quite as heinous right. as this particular one, and, and that the fact it was captured, well,
2: right? I've... because. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to once again introduce yeah. our guests, Catherine, Michael, Tammy Meyer. They're representing the special needs uh, student out of Brownsburg who was allegedly forced to eat his own vomit. Now, again, I think a lot of people are cheering for you guys because the the, the school board meeting the other night, as I understand it, it's the typical thing with with Jim Snap and the school board. There's no responsibility. There's no accepting the blame. It's a deflection. We're not at fault. And this 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 has been going on for a very long time at Brownsburg schools where whether it's you know the superintendent claiming bus drivers would be fired if they weren't able to strong arm tax increment finance dollars from the town or kids could die in the hallways by an active shooter if we don't get a hundred million in, in new taxes via referendum these people have used fear and intimidation for a very long time and the fact that they they Jim snap and the school board refuse to step up and take ownership for their role in this and failure to protect this kid it's gross.
3: Yeah. And and Tammy, I completely agree with you. Right. I mean, it, it really is. And I think the the fact, whether it's this case or other cases, right, that we always say that one episode that got seen, that one episode where a child gets grabbed on the bus harshly or gets slapped, that's all it was. Rather than saying, we obviously have a problem that we need to fix. Why aren't our staff? who are mandatory reporters reporting, you know, horrific, gross acts of abuse. Why are our staff not standing up for the most vulnerable members of society? If we've got a problem in any school district, it is up to administration and the superintendent to be addressing that. Uh, Because I think, you know, this case is very illustrative of, I think, a, a much bigger problem.
2: It is the Kendall and Casey Show. Our guests, Katherine Michael, Tammy Meyer, they are the attorneys for the family of the special needs child allegedly forced to eat his own vomit out in Brownsburg. A lot more of this conversation about uh, what's going on, about their plans to try to get justice for this family. We'll talk about it, about it more when we return.
4: It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
2: it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Continue our conversation now with Catherine Michael and Tammy Meyer. They are the attorneys uh, for the special needs student and the family and his family out in Brownsburg who was allegedly forced to eat his own vomit. of Talking with them about their quest to get justice for the family. Casey, go ahead.
4: I'm curious. Now we've been told that the teachers and the instructional aides have been terminated. Can you share with us what your next steps are? Where are you now in this? Legal process
3: so in Indiana you can you have to file if you for any state claims what's called a tort claim notice, and so a tort claim notice goes out just detailing what you know about a personal injury, whether it's a child or an adult, if it involves a government entity um, so that will be you know the next step. We're also going to be um, looking at pursuing a number of other potential claims. But one of the most important things um, that, that we have to do is really investigate everything. Um, have a very clear hold on what occurred, when it occurred. Um, and this would go for all cases, right? You don't, you don't just rush out and say, okay, we have this one thing. You look at it on, on that grander scale. And, and Tammy and I, we've been doing this a long time. I mean, I do this area exclusively. So for us, this, that's where I say this case isn't as unique um, it's just one that thankfully was caught on camera.
2: So, so yeah, because I think a lot of people are sitting at home going, okay, wait a second, this superintendent, Jib Snap, rules that place with an iron fist. People don't breathe wrong without him knowing about it. And and they're, I guess, trying to say, well, this happened, and for two months th- that he didn't know about it. I just think people look at that and go, "That something doesn't sound right about that, that either he's so incompetent, that this thing happened and he didn't know about it. I mean, I, I if that's the case, the guy should totally be fired. I mean, uh, and so people just say, this doesn't seem right to us. And I'm I'm thankful you guys, through the legal process, are going to find out who knew what when.
5: Right, well, I think and that's- you've gotta, Yeah, oh, go sorry, ahead, Catherine. I think you've got to look at, at the problem when it comes up and say, look, this is not just one incident that we're so horrified by, by because we are, but it's a system-wide problem. And I think you do have to stop from the top down um, and not just say, oh, some people fail to report here. Um, You know, they're terminated. I think it's a system wide problem that we're seeing throughout the state of Indiana.
2: Do you, are you looking for more people in this case? Because as, as, as I said earlier, I've had multiple parents reach out to me. And while it wasn't this specific incident or this type of thing, they said, look, there's been issues for a long time that we couldn't get any traction on. Are you asking other parents in Brownsburg to reach out to you? And if so, how would they do that?
5: I think we would urge anyone who's witnessed or experienced child abuse. Or you believe your child has experienced child abuse. You need to report that to the authorities first off.
2: And then are you guys asking for more information on this case? Because, like, we, the public, are having trouble getting information. Are you guys able to get the information? The Brownsburg Police Department, we've had guests on who have been repeatedly denied public records requests to try to get information. Have you guys been able to get that information? Have you seen the video?
3: Well, I think
5: what you're going to find with uh, any police department is that when there's an ongoing investigation, Um, They will not be sharing certain things. Um, Certain things are public, like probable cause affidavits, which you can go online and read those uh, in this or other cases. Um, So that's the information that you're going to get right now. Ultimately, um, through discovery and civil litigation, uh, we're entitled to get a lot more information. And then ultimately, once an investigation is complete through a Freedom of Information Act request, you can also get information. But right now is a very difficult time to get um information when the investigation is ongoing,
4: i um I'm concerned about the family and the child. Obviously, you have been in touch with the family. Can you give us any sort of update? Is the child doing better in better care at this point? I would assume.
3: yeah what well, what we can say at this point is that it has been absolutely devastating. Um, to the family as it would be to any family, mm-hmm. right? In the vast majority of our cases involving this type of abuse because schools are acting what we, in basically in lieu of parents, right? And so when you send your child off to school, you're, and especially if you have a child with special needs, or you know, we have many uh, parents who have very young children, um, when you're sending a child off to school and you know that they're not able to self-advocate, and you find out that these things have happened, it is absolutely devastating. And for children who are nonverbal or have limited verbal skills, um, when they're abused, it's often far worse because they're not able to recover from it with the traditional talk therapy, right? Where somebody can assure them, you know, this is never gonna happen again. So it's a much longer course to rebuild trust and strength and um, an ability to become more independent with a child who's had abuse, who's just not able to process process it the same way, and so that's why this has been, you know, far more devastating um, to this family than I think people realize, or maybe they do. I mean, I, thankfully, you know, I'm reading the outpouring of, of kindness towards them, um, but it has been absolutely devastating.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine Michael, uh, Tammy Meyer, attorneys for the family. Family of the special needs student allegedly abused at Brownsburg our guests. Before we let you go, I think everybody with a heart is cheering for you guys to get justice for this family i think uh in brownsburg specifically everybody other than that superintendent and school board is cheerleading for you guys to get justice uh they clearly dropped the ball here so what what do you need from us what do you want from the public at large what can we do to help ensure that this family gets justice uh and and make your your guys job easier because that's what this is all about justice for this kid who was so let down
3: I think in general, and I'm going to let uh, Tammy um, chime in here as well, but I think in general, families need to get to their school board meetings. Um, They need to be really clear of what they expect from their superintendent and administrators uh, they need to be emailing and writing their state representatives, their you know their legislators. Um, that becomes really important because again, families don't have that much of a voice right now, and that voice the voice that they, they do have needs to get a lot louder so that we can ensure this isn't happening again. You know, the next thing that I wanna to touch on is if there are individuals and who know of any type of abuse, it really is important they come forward. We've seen a lot of staff members um in, in school districts throughout the country be afraid of coming forward and saying mm-hmm. what they witnessed because time had passed and they realized they're a mandatory reporter. Are they gonna get in trouble for not reporting it at the time? And the fact is that it's far more important for the, the lives of that children and others that they come forward, even if some time has passed, so that it can stop it in its tracks. But we do need a lot of changes, and I think, you know, parents getting vocal, not only in Brownsburg, but in every school district in the state, about the changes that are needed is going to help.
1: Guys,
2: uh, go go ahead, Tammy, sorry.
3: I I think the old saying is, you know, you see
5: something, you say something, and that's very true here. And I, I think with these cases, we just need to send a clear message that this type of behavior, any abuse of a child, is not going to be tolerated in the state of Indiana.
2: Guys, we can't thank you enough for the the opportunity to talk with you. Please mm-hmm. send our best to the the victim and, and the and the family. And um, we're cheerleading for you to get to the truth and get to the bottom of what happened. And 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 I think every parent will be better served um, when you guys get to the bottom of what's happening. So please just keep us posted and let us know how Casey and I can can help because we we want justice for this child and this family, and and we want a better Brownsburg school, a better Brownsburg school system so thank you so much for for being with us today
4: thank you you're listening to kendall and casey on 93 wibc
2: it's time to hear from you kendall and casey present voicemails brought to you by qc kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments
1: at 317-559 pain I'm so
4: sorry you have just reached my answering machine. It is 1033 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And it is that portion of the program where we turn it over to you with your voicemails. The phone number 317-684-8444.
2: So yesterday Mm -hmm. we played our interview with Becky Cash, state representative. Uh, And again, we give her a large amount of credit for having the cojones that none of her male colleagues do come in here and answer our questions. It did not go well, I think is the general consensus for her, because being naive to the process is not an excuse for bad voting.
4: OTJT, on-the-job training.
2: I mean, you had seven months from when you won your primary in a largely Republican district... You had five months from then to when you voted. You essentially had a year. You should know. And I think about halfway through that interview, maybe not even half, about 25% of the way through that interview, she instantly regretted that decision. Because, I mean, she was honest. Mm -hmm. Like, you got absolutely have to 100% give her credit that she was honest about everything. But telling people I didn't know, Mm -hmm. or the Senate steamrolled me, or
4: in two years i'll know more just
2: like you're getting paid you're you're cashing the check yeah and the i mean the thing with the raises was i mean the the whole explanation of well we allocated the money we aren't necessarily going to take the money well why didn't you just ban yourself from allocating the money yeah we could have done that Mm -hmm. because you want the, the maybe not you but they lucas tor tesla jeter they want the money yeah. That's why they, they allocated the money.
4: Well, she said the reason that she signed off on the budget was for the school voucher program, which she ran on. That was her one item. That was her thing. She got what she wanted. I thought it was narrow-sided.
2: No, you're, and there's no thingy to it. You're 100% right. That is ridiculous to say, I'm going to screw everybody else because I got the one thing that I wanted. But this is what you see. As long as people get what they want in their interest. And here's what I think a big part of it is. And I'm not saying this is Becky Cash directly. But you have a lot of people in that house and Senate who are doing pretty well on their own financially. They're business owners, they're doctors, they're lawyers. And then on top of that, they're making between sixty and seventy-five grand extra to work three months. Mm-hmm. Well, five hundred dollar property tax increase doesn't mean anything to those people. And if they've got a special area of interest for her at school vouchers, for Jim Lucas, it's it's guns. It, you know, as long as you're getting your thing and there's, you know, all, all of these people are basically the same, well, what is that to me? It doesn't matter. They're not feeling the same pain you are feeling. And I hope yesterday was a very eye-opening experience on who's governing you and how they're governing because it is not just her and she's one of the better ones. I mean, I will, I will absolutely say that and feel confident saying that, that Becky Cash is one of the better ones. And think about it. That's one of the better ones. What else is going on?
4: What do we have going on? Yeah, no, she seemed like a very nice person. She was honest, which was refreshing. However, the honesty in her answers were disappointing.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, but it was great. And that's what I knew it was going to be. There is no excuse for voting for that budget. There is no excuse for flipping a middle finger to taxpayers and saying we have a 44 billion dollar budget with a six billion dollar surplus and you're getting nothing and there's no excuse for that and they're raising taxes
4: well right and a lot of this stuff oh this is just a one-time expense all of like this article that's in the indiana capital chronicle 536 million dollars for a Stadium. It's pork.
2: It's, it's pork barrel project spending. The Indiana Republican Party is now engaged in. It, what was it? In 2015, it was something low like $15 million of earmarks. And now it is over $500 million mm-hmm. in earmarks for specific projects. They are legalized. I use the phrase legalized vote buying. That's what they're doing. And I hope everybody finally realized yesterday when I tell you all the incumbents have to go. No more of, well, they suck, but my rep, no, your rep sucks too. She
4: did not like that when you said that. You said that during the interview with her yesterday. But it would be
2: disingenuous for me to not say it when she's right in front of my face because I say it all the time on the air. Mm -hmm. They all got to go. They all voted for it. Every single one of these incumbents. No more of, yeah, but my rep or yeah, but my senator. No, they're all awful. Do you think she got in trouble for that interview? Oh, I would imagine the verbal undressing that has either taken place or... Because she made them
4: all look stupid! Or or did they say, you go be the sacrificial lamb? No,
2: no, 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 no. No, they've been... I mean, they've been given very strict orders to not engage with us. I mean, John Crane, who is my senator, told his staff directly, do not engage with him. And they were like, but he's a, your constituent. Do not engage with him. Hmm because we make them look stupid because of how they behave.
4: We're not making them look stupid. Well, we're we, making themselves look stupid. They, but
2: we're the forum. We're the we're the uh the
4: the platform.
2: platform. We're, and nobody talks about this like we talk about this, which is why you may have seen our ratings are very good. Yes. Have you seen the ratings? We do very well. they are very good. Yeah. Uh okay, thanks so, to our
4: wonderful listeners. Yes,
2: it is all you. Um let's a lot of people wanted to call and talk about the interview yesterday, so let's get to it.
1: Hey, I was just listening to your interview with uh becky cash and um yeah i agree she should not have voted for that bill uh you can't vote for something that has one good thing in it and then 10 bad things in it um and you know she did have time to kind of learn the the jargon that they like to use in bills uh, um because they like to use the lawyer jargon in bills And i think that's uh yeah, I think that's they do that on purpose. I think it's because they don't want us, you know, peasants to know exactly how they're screwing us over every time. Um, but yeah, she should not have voted for that bill. Uh, if she didn't have time to read it, she should have just done what uh, that one guy did and just say, like, yeah, I'm not voting for this because I haven't had time to read it. So, all right, you guys keep up the good work.
3: Yeah.
2: Another thing that has really rubbed people the wrong way very early in the interview, she said, well, the the budget went over to the house or the from the house to the senate, senate. and the senators tore it up and she tried She to, said
4: they stomped on it.
2: Yeah, she tried to cast the senators as the bad guys, which she's right. Those Republican senators, most of them are really bad actors. She was 100% right about that. But the idea that y- that you uh, play dead for the other chamber, you you have as much power as they do. Right. And for her to sit there and go, well, they tore it up, and uh, so uh, you know, what choice did I have? Well, you could have not voted for it. One guy, and this guy's a regular listener to the show. He had a he had a pretty epic observation on that.
1: The House sends it over, and the Senate basically rips what they did apart, and the House basically takes it. No, you tell the Senate to eat it. Tell it, you, know, stay until the middle of July if you have to, you t- get a budget done. Oh, we just want to go home. That's what it looks like to me. I just want to go home, and the Senate's going to be mean to us. Yeah! I just—this is not what we vote for. You know, if you don't like what the Senate did to your part of the bill, fight them on it. Don't say, well, they, took, they didn't want it, so they took what we wanted out, and we didn't like it. But we basically got to take what they give us and eat it, or else we won't get to go home. And we won't get, you know, hey, we gave ourselves a raise, so we're doing the work. No, you're not. You're trying to get out early like a third grader waiting for three o'clock at school.
4: Uh, uh, it's frustrating. And you can hear it in his voice.
2: And That's how we feel. And yesterday was so important because there's now nowhere for the rest of her colleagues to hide, which is why I'm glad someone was willing to come in. Because she indicted the whole process.
4: Well, not only was she throwing the Senate under the bus, at one point it sounded like she was putting her constituents under the... I didn't hear from people. They need to text me and call me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, again, and she deserves all the credit in the world for coming in here. And people yesterday were going, why weren't you off the rails with her? I didn't need to. She was giving us what we wanted, which is confirming... How people don't read things.
4: They roll over and play dead. She said she didn't read some of the line items. can not know it.
2: They can't wait to get everything we've been telling you. She said it. Mm-hmm. So now they can't say.
4: You're crazy. You're making this up.
2: The shock jock. Yeah. The whatever they say about me. She said it. Yeah. Her And she indicted all of her Republican colleagues in the process. So now here forth when we talk about the behavior of the people in the Indiana State House, the Republican Party, we can say, don't take our word for it. Take her word for it, Mm -hmm. because she works there, and she's one of them. Yeah. All right. uh, Another call. uh, People uh, getting their uh, property tax assessments. Property tax bills have been paid. Uh, People not
0: happy. Hey, Rob, listening to the show today. Great show. Very insightful. I'm a senior, retired, and just received a 30% increase on my property tax. Please keep beating the drum on property tax. It's so such a, a stupid, terrible tax. We could be taxed in a different way that would be much better. Thanks again, Rob, for your show. Love the insights. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Mike.
4: That was a nice call. I'm wondering if he got a, a line item of what all that 30% is going to.
2: Well, if you live in Noblesville, uh, you of course were at the jury duty yesterday. Noblesville spending 36 and dollars for a uh, facility for the Pacers minor league team to play in. If you live here in Indianapolis, they're spending $510 million on a hotel, uh, at Pan Am Plaza. Uh, if you live in Brownsburg where I live, the school is quietly buying homes on a quiet town street with the intent of uh, demolishing them and then uh, putting a roundabout to spend massive amounts of traffic and, planned that for eight years and didn't tell anyone well, this, this this argument of you know the lucas argument well how would you fund the governments without the property taxes this is what governments should be doing with our money: spending thirty-six and a half million dollars for the Pacers minor league team, five hundred and ten million for a hotel, buying properties to spend massive amounts of traffic onto quiet town streets, and not telling anyone. You're really concerned about the government's running out of money.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know what? Next year they're not going to have it, according to them. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
4: They're yeah. saying we won't have the degree of this budget next year. Oh
2: well, great. I'm glad. I'm sad you got it this year because we got nothing. And if you are a person who's considering running for public office, you now is the time to, the iron will never be hotter than it is right now. And you make that campaign for state house and state senate around the property tax issue and if you can raise $7 and you can get your signs out and knock on doors, you can win. If you've ever wanted to be a state house or state senate candidate, now is the time if you are a remotely normal passable person
4: it's not just here in central indiana though 30 million for the northeast indiana strategic development commission in northern Indi- indiana in southern indiana they're getting thirty-seven and a half million set aside for a park by and, the ohio river
2: and where is supposed conservative tough guy silent suzanne crouch if she is this great conservative fighter like we're told greg pence a proven
4: conservative
2: why isn't she weighing in on the property tax issue once again another session where suzanne if she was indeed really a fighter could have been a leader absolutely nothing and you're getting nothing from mike braun on this you're getting nothing from eric doden on this the only person who's (laughs) you're getting
4: nothing from eric doden on anything
2: well that's true that's a great point um uh, yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, real quick before we go, we got a hate call, but I want set, to set this up. So okay. yesterday you weren't here. Yeah. Biden had a I was a bu- doing my civic duty. You were.
4: I was summons for jury duty. Biden had Biden
2: well let, actually, why don't we we'll play some voicemails in the next hour because I want to make sure we have time for hammer. okay and, and if we play this, we're not gonna have time for hammer. So let's well, take a we'll break. Save the hate we, mail. we got a, a great hate letter, which I'm holding up here on the YouTube. <laughs> we got a great uh hate voicemail. Mm-hmm. So we'll do we'll do a little hate mail next hour. Okay. okay. <laughs>
4: Hammer's right. gonna join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening
3: to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: 1051,
4: it's Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC, and life without him is like a broken pencil. It's just pointless. Ha! Hammer joins us in the studio. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? How was jury duty?
6: Did you send somebody to the chair? (laughs) No, I didn't get selected. Imagine that. (laughs) I wish we still had the chair, by the way. (laughs) Because we could start killing bad guys again. They had to go all humane for our executions Mm -hmm. and have to do the lethal injection. And now the big excuse you get is, well, we don't have the cocktail ingredients because the provider doesn't want it to be associated with death. There are other ways to kill bad guys. Yeah. Firing squad is working fine in places like South Carolina and Utah. You could still use the chair. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you wet the sponge. Go full Percy from Green Mile. I do not care. Let these bad dudes die. Yeah, you
2: know, what What they could do is uh, they could just pick a random Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees movie and say, uh, let's say it's, you know, Halloween three or five or whatever. And all the ways people died in that movie, you get to choose one of them and you can pick.
6: <laughs> I mean. You can put a dog down humanely, but we can't put down a cop killer yeah. humanely in the state of Indiana. Yeah. So I'm hoping whenever the next governor comes in, whether that's Braun, whether that's Kraut, whoever it may be, uh, let's start killing bad guys again. Yeah, I'm with you. Make bad guys dead again. That's what I want somebody's slogan to be Perfect. for the governor's race in Indiana. And I gosh, want red know. hats, white letters, make bad guys dead again.
2: And let's get that uh, death channel that you've wanted.
6: Well, that's, you know, I may be self-serving it with my wishes for that. Um, I feel like I owe somebody an apology, and I mentioned this yesterday. Um, Rob, and maybe you do too, I feel like we were bad friends to Nigel. Oh. Because his birthday was Monday. Yes. And it's been such a busy news cycle, we haven't really made that big of a deal about right. it. And I know nobody at home cares about him, so he probably gets all of his encouragement <laughs> here at the radio station. Right. So I pulled some strings, uh-huh. and I had the President of the United States oh. wish Joe, uh, wish Nigel a big happy birthday
0: yesterday. Oh, exciting. Hey, Nigel, it's your old pal, Joe Poopy Pants <laughs> Biden here. What? Miguel. His name is what? I'm reading the damn prompter, you got <laughs> And on this birthday, I've written you a poem. Your birthday's here. Let's have some fun with stories of Biden's bowels. My son, remember when Joe Biden met a foreign leader with pants unbeset? The stage was set. The spotlight gleamed. But Joe's bowels had a different scheme. A rumble, a grumble, an awful sound escaped his pants right on the mound. The brown explosion, what a sight that left the crowd in pure delight. His pants, a canvas, modern art, a masterpiece, each stain and part with hues of brown, a dash of green, a sight that couldn't be unseen. Nigel, know that you are great. I got to go now due to something I ate. Happy birthday and continued success to the Jammer and Nigel show on W.I.B.C. in Indianapolis, Smile and wave at the camera. What the hell kind of name is Nigel anyway? Who names a kid Nigel? His parents probably did more dope than Hunter. I'm not going to make it to the John guys. Get the presidential mop. (laughs)
6: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the President
2: is of the United States of America. Wow, that's so good. Is that is that a Brian Baker? Uh... That would be
4: a NapTown Bri, a Brian <laughs> Baker
6: <laughs> production so piece. This. You can
4: tell it's not the real Joe Biden because he actually could speak clearly.
6: Right, there was a cadence. To right, it. right. There wasn't like a long pause, a squint. Uh-huh. You
2: know,
6: <laughs> he actually got all the words. Him trying to say the name of those Chinese people the other day. We
2: next hour we've got a hate phone call that we're going to play for everyone who is so mad that we laughed about that this biden guy is just there's f-bombs in there Uh, he is just beside himself that we laughed at joe biden trying to say the the chinese gentleman's name i
6: look forward to hearing that
2: what's coming up this afternoon
6: casey will join us for the side piece tony kennett reverend charles harrison we got a lot of stuff going on in the news cycle uh three to seven we'll rock and roll
4: thank you hammer you're listening to kennel and casey on 93 wibc